Welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. What's up, everyone? It's your girl, Kate, here. Welcome back to another episode of the Heart of Dating podcast. I am missing my epic co-host today, my man, JJ Tomlin, because today, you guys, JJ is not on the show. Instead, we welcomed a different guest, my friend, Ariel Astoria. And today's episode is one that has been highly requested by you guys. We've touched on it a few times here and there over the last year and a half, but today we're going deeper. We're talking about weight in dating. Does weight affect dating? What does it mean to be healthy? Should we have preferences? Is it okay? Or should we not have preferences? Is that really eliminating potentially amazing people based on something that is so superficial and just physical? All right, guys. So we're talking about all of that today. Ariel is the best guest I could possibly think of to actually have this conversation. And so I am so deeply honored to have her here and I can't wait. And I really hope that you guys send this episode to your friends because this is a topic that needs to get out there more. Um, We talked today and the questions that we ask are all from you guys. Some of them are uncomfortable and fiery and a lot of them are just really, really good and hard. And so I hope that you listen to this and I hope you share it with your friends. Okay, just a few announcements, you guys. Heart of Dating Conference early bird tickets are almost done being on sale. Okay, if you didn't know, December 31st is the last day that you can get early bird tickets. They are 20% off what they're going to be after New Year's, so you better get them right now or very soon, okay? Also, I wanted to let you guys know that my dear sister friend, Stephanie Mae Wilson, has just announced that she is going to be doing a girls' night event the weekend of conference. If you guys don't know, Stephanie has a popular podcast called The Girls' Night Podcast. She's been on our podcast quite a few times, and we're so thrilled because she's been a speaker at the last few conferences, but for this conference, she's coming not necessarily to speak, but to be with the ladies and actually have an awesome girls night event. The girls night event will be announced soon, exactly at the time, but it will be during the weekend that we are there. What do you need to be able to go to this girls night event? Well, you just need two things. You need to be a Love Your Single Life alumni, which is her popular, well-rated course on singleness, or you need to be an upcoming student in her Love Your Single Life program, which is launching this February. And then secondly, you need a ticket to the conference. Obviously, I mean, that should be obvious, but you need to have a ticket to the conference as well. So you need those two things to be a Love Your Single Life alumni or be signed up for her new program starting in February after the conference. And number two, you need a conference ticket, okay? Now, Here's the bonus part. If you've always wanted to sign up for her program or if you're interested in it, it's the best singleness program I could ever think to sponsor and talk about here on the podcast. It's 
absolutely amazing, you guys. There are so many testimonials of women that have taken this program, and I personally took it about four years ago, and I just could rave all day long about how good it is and how transformative it is for so many women. So here's the deal. Stephanie decided to give you guys an amazing discount for everyone in the Heart of Dating community. It's basically 50% off, which she never sells her course for. It's going to be $147 for a four-week program that you're going to do with other women. If you want 50% off of this course, you can go to stephaniemaywilson.com slash H-O-D dash L-Y-S-L. stephaniemaywilson.com forward slash H-O-D dash L-Y-S-L. All right, let's welcome my dear friend Ariel to the show. Born and raised in foggy Northern California and now residing in Los Angeles, California, Ariel Astoria is a spoken word poet, gifted writer and author, captivating and authentic MC, speaker, model, and actor. Through various aspects of storytelling, Ariel creates environments and spaces where audiences have the permission to be vulnerable and seen. Her motto is, words not for the ears, but for the soul. And it stems from our dedication to remind anyone who encounters her and her work that words are meant to be felt and experienced, not just heard. With a specific heart in empowering, encouraging, and making space for audiences of women to feel at home in their own bodies. Ariel is the co-author of two self-published collections of poetry, Vagabonds and Zealots, and Write Bloody Spill Pretty, which can both be found on Amazon.com. You can also look forward to her upcoming book, The Unfolding, with Harper One Publishing that's coming out in March 2023, and we talk a bit about that today. When she's not on stage or on the road, you can find Arielle being interviewed and featured on various well-known podcasts such as The Gold Digger Podcast by Jenna Kutcher, The Uncomfortable Pod by Dom Roberts, Stripped Down with Allie Levine, Raw Beauty Talks with Erin Trelore, and The Uneducated Podcast by Camden Scott. Arielle is a gift. I actually met her multiple years ago and she's just such a beautiful soul and you guys are just going to get to hear from her today and I can't wait because it's such a good conversation. Last thing, I want to thank our sponsors for today's episode, Athletic Greens. Thanks to Athletic Greens for making this show possible. I am so excited to chat more with you a little bit later in the episode about Athletic Greens. But just so you know, if you want to try Athletic Greens and you hear this right now and you're like, okay, it's my time, you can go to athleticgreens.com forward slash HOD and you are going to get a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. I love it. It's the time of year that you need to down AG1 all the time. Okay, without further ado, Ariel Astoria. Welcome to Heart of Dating. Actually, for the second time ever. For the ever. second time. Yes, this is a, <laughs> this is a reunion of sorts. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I'm so excited. You yes. were on like years ago. I mean, that was like beginning of podcast land. We've been... It's a minute ago. And I feel like anything pre-COVID just feels also ages ago. And that was even <laughs> a few, like a while before COVID happened. I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh. So yeah, a lot has happened since you were last on. I you know. got married, like yes. amazing wow. to John. I Woo! know. 
so much else in just your personal life and career life. Uh, mm-hmm. Most recently, you have an incredible book coming out, which I want everyone yes. to find out about. Yes. March 7th, it's coming mm-hmm. out and it's yes. called The Unfolding, An Invitation yeah. to Come Home to Yourself. Uh, I love that title. I love everything about that. Will you just tell us a little bit about that to start yeah. before we jump in? <laughs> yeah. So The Unfolding is just another way of saying change, um, expanding, um, growing, something we all do all the time, actually, you know, and a lot of times when we do experience change, when we do experience growth, um, sometimes it's met with opposition, you know, Um, and in that opposition, it's, am I allowed to still grow here? Am I allowed to still change here? Am I allowed to still expand here? Um, And and can I find um, God and divinity in the midst of all of it at the same time? And so um, that's how I've interpreted my own experience of unfolding, I break it into four different, uh, five different sections or five different phases, if you will. Um, so the awakening, um, the eclipsing, the illuminating, the mending, and then the returning. Um, and what each of those phases have looked like and um, felt like for me. And then I I do poetry to kind of um, explain because that's how yes, I process do. the world. Um, that's how, <laughs> how I come to healing. That's how I, I love it you know, sort through um, prayers and how I find myself connected. And so um, it's poetry and essays. And then because I don't want it to just be a book about me or a book about my story, each of the phases end in reflection questions. Um, So I ask you, what has your own eclipsing journey look like? Um, What does returning to to yourself, to your body, to God look like in this season? Um, You know, what does mending feel like for you? Write a letter to yourself, you know, for when you're back in this season and you need to hear these words of encouragement again. And so um, the book is also beautiful. Um, and so like there's <laughs> yes. an aesthetic, you know, part of I it. I love too. it. So it can be on your coffee table, um, but it can also just be like this really chicken soup for the soul kind of words and poetry that you can read through, but then also you can come back to at any point in time. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited about it. And also just love how much you're incorporating your story, your process, the growth, the change, also, the, the different parts, the reflection questions, also the the poetry, like, I mean, like, also, if you guys, we were talking before how she's going to be recording her book, so doing the audible version or the audio version, which I just is going to be so good to, I mean, get it in whatever version that pleases get you. All the but, yes, yes, get all get, the versions. Yeah, all the Get all the versions. I think the <laughs> audio book obviously is going to be its special self. So get the yeah. physical book so that when you, you know, you're not, you're not yes. driving and things like that, you can sit and read because I so believe in physicality yes. of books and like, um, and touching them and highlighting them and being in it so yeah but then there are moments where we're constantly driving or traveling or doing and that's when I want the audiobook to come into play as well and then um I'm also doing an album um which will come <gasps> out um later next year which will be the art of unfolding um oh and my that gosh. will just be some poems from the book but then also a continuation of the conversation as well Wow, that's so cool. I would expect nothing less from you with your creative (laughs) brilliance, okay? I'm like, let's just pow, pow, pow. Let's just do all three. I love that. I love the continued conversation and also obviously the artistic part of it. That's so exciting. Um, I'm so proud of you. That is such a big deal. This is, it's so huge. I remember years ago, just when we first met, I remember you starting to talk about maybe thinking about writing a book and all of that. And so, 
Like, if you remember that, and now it's years later, look at that. It's like, you've done it. You've written it. It's coming out. It's so yeah. amazing, amazing. Yeah. So I it's can't wild, wait. Because I think in that season two, I was like in a space where I was saying no <laughs> to writing a book. And I yeah. was just like, I was like, I'm not ready. I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't have what I need. And then I met Whitney and I met, you know, so many different yes. people. And so all the things came into play. The timing of it was really, um, was really orchestrated. I fully believe that uh, to this yeah. day. And so, yeah, I'm excited. Oh my gosh. Whitney's one of your biggest fans. We love She's, Whitney. Uh, we love Whit. We love Lover, 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 lover. <laughs> she is such a great advocate. Whitney, if you're yes. listening, we love you. <laughs> so Ariel, we are, I'm so excited about this topic that we're going into. It is tender and really needed in our community and heart of dating. You know, obviously the this podcast is for people single and dating and this conversation of weight in dating and just how that affects us as individuals, how that affects our relationships or like what happens in these dynamics is a big pain point within the people in our community. And um, we've covered it in different ways, but my community is like, Kate, we need more. We need more conversation on this. So I'm truly so honored that you are willing to come on and chat about this. I was like, you guys, we have yeah, Ariel coming on. It's going to be so good. <laughs> and yeah, I'm just like really, 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 really excited. And so I want you to know I pulled the people, okay? These are – every question today is pretty much – and for the Heart of Dating listeners, this is from you guys. I really wanted this to serve you, serve our Heart of Dating singles as best as possible. So, you know, some of them are more blunt. Some of them are more fiery. I may not have worded them this way, but I'm just like, hey – these are the questions. And I picked out questions that was most representative of, we got hundreds and hundreds. I, I'd be honest, I love like it. hundreds and hundreds. So I was like, okay, looking at all of that, what are the questions that really represent a lot of people's thoughts and feelings? And so let's dive in. Let's go. Okay. So this, this first question, it's a bit of a generalization and I am not a huge fan of generalizations, sure, but yeah. I, it's something that comes up frequently. And so I want to start with it because it's a little fiery. It's a hot one, but <laughs> this is the question. It seems as though men are less likely to go for overweight girls quote unquote, and the quotes overweight, quote unquote, girls and are less open to it. And yet genuinely women are open to men of various sizes. So this was repeated. I saw this question a lot. And so I'd love to hear just as we dive in, <laughs> we go fiery. What do you think about that? I love it. Um, I think even just that separation of um, how, you know, the conversation is always around men being uh, visually, yes, you know, people, yes. uh, men being visual people um, and women being more heart oriented, um, more spiritual, connected oriented. Um, and yet I don't I think this question and this like conversation um fits within such a small demographic of human beings first and foremost yeah. like 
Um, I think for the most part, it's it has nothing to do with like, oh, men say they want this and women want this. I think it yes. really comes down to the individual. And I think a lot of the conversation we'll have today comes down to the individual person and the individual people. And when we make these broad, you know, assumptions, these generalizations, like you're saying, we miss a whole space of conversation and we miss a whole room for nuance, which I think is ultimately what we're trying to get at. Um, And I, so I'm like, I don't know how true this statement actually is. I think somebody was out here just talking and shooting the shot, but like that was their own experience that they were speaking from. And a lot of times generalizations come from, this is my experience, but I'm making it like it's the whole human experience when oftentimes it's really not the human experience, you know? And so um, I know for me, you know, And my husband, I know for his track record, curvy people have always been in his roster of what he likes and what he's attracted to, you know, but that's because of his growing up experience and his individual experience. And then you also have this really layered conversation of, of, um, what beauty standards are um, and honestly the whiteness within beauty standards and how that's supposed to look like a smaller body. So that in itself is just a point to break down um, and a point to explore more because at the end of the day, you're not loving someone for their body. You're loving someone for every aspect of who they are, how they yes. operate, their snotty nose, how they wake up in the morning. You know, like we are loving people for more than just their bodies. And I think we often forget that. And we have shows like The Bachelor and Love is Blind and all yeah. these shows and, you know, Too Hot to Handle, all these shows that continuously <laughs> show us and force down the message that love is only and solely and firstly physical when it absolutely isn't, you know, um, mm-hmm. there was like a girl, I was uh, a friend of mine on TikTok and she was like, okay, I have a question. She was like, so the spark that we talk about, like, is mm-hmm. the, having that spark necessary when you first meet someone? And I did a little stitch with her and I talked back and I said, when we talk about spark, what are we even talking about? Are yes. we talking about lust or are we talking talking about this really palpable spiritual connection to someone that we cannot explain? Or are we talking about this spark where our discernment is kicking in and it's like, there's an energy, there's just something here yeah. that we should probably stay, yeah, <laughs> stay yeah, away yeah. from. So like, let's define it first and foremost. And so I think getting That's back good. into that nuanced space and just like, first and foremost, it comes down to the individual. If you are having experiences where you as a whole bodied person is not fully being accepted, point blank and point and the walk away, you know, like there's no yeah. more... There's nothing else to say to that. And I think I'll probably keep coming back to that. If you as a whole person, as a whole bodied, beautiful existence is not loved and seen fully as who you are, that's not love. Yeah, it's not. not. You know, and the thing is, we'll talk about this a little more later, but I think the more an individual has that mindset that guys only are driven this way, I think that also impacts our desire to show up in dating. Like if I believe that and I am curvy, then I'm not going to put myself out there with the guy because I'm already going to believe that he's going to reject me and he's not going to be interested in me. Right. 
Yeah. And so it's solely, I mean, it, it's, it taps into our, our biggest insecurities as women that we physically are not enough, that we are not attractive enough. And that was, I mean, I've always been a bigger body. My dad is literally an ex football player. I have the bones of a football player, you know, and that is (laughs) how I've been built. And it doesn't matter how much hot yoga, how much Pilates, how many walks I do (laughs) about around the three mile loop, I will always be a curvy bodied. And that was really hard going to a university of predominantly white, you know, men who just saw me and instantly was like, that was not attractive to them because of their experience of not being exposed to other forms of beauty in other forms of attractiveness. And that's really just what it comes down to is you're not familiar with this. This is not comfortable for you. And that has nothing to do with me. That has everything to do with how you were raised and what your experience is like. And what you've been programmed to see and what is exactly. And operate as BD. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So another person, just a sub comment on this and actually multiple people that said this and it made me so sad, but a lot of people commented that you know, even within some of their family dynamics, they've had things said to them, especially on the female side, like, you know, you don't have a boyfriend because guys don't like bigger girls. And that was a specific quote that somebody said in our community. And I saw that come up actually multiple times, which made me just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that was said to you. And it made me realize like how much that's even being perpetuated even just in our familial dynamics. So I may have had that bias in my mind thinking that guys won't like a girl my size. But then not only that, I have my family saying, oh, that's the reason you're single. It's because of your weight. Which is um, ridiculous (laughs) to say it in the kindest sense. Again, like if something like your body type is stopping someone from loving you, that that is God weeding out someone who does not need to be your life in the first place. Yep. And all that's being perpetuated in our family dynamics is fear. That's just fear. It's fear. Right. Um, you know, and it's also a really my, uh, that mindset of, you know, that forties, fifties, twenties, forties, fifties, you know, housewife and what she was supposed to look like and right. how she was supposed to show up in the world and what she was like, I mean it, and, but then you have this other extreme of, you know, these curvier women being signs of sexuality, being signs of sensuality. Yeah. And so all of that conditioning is putting us in the space of fear and in a space of insecurity. Um, and we have to do a lot of work to break down those walls. But like, for me, I've never not seen a curvy woman, you know, like I'm, I'm black. That has been, that is my mom. That is my sister. That is like, and we're all various types of it, but to be like, you know, to have even that language of you're not liked because you're bigger is not a thing because we just, we were bigger, you know, and that was like a part of our identity. So there was other reasons, you know, why you're too independent. You're too, you're too this, that we got instead but the body <laughs> part was just like that's just that's just who we are you know so it makes me yeah. it makes me so sad um that that we're told within our family spaces because those are such um intimate and and loud spaces for us our family dynamics but um at the end of the day that's fear and that's insecurity that often is not our own that's being perpetuated onto us yeah so true oh okay so this this is similar to what we've been talking about but i want to add like another layer to it so you know, the average size of a woman in America is a 14, which uh, for the standards in America is considered, quote unquote, you know, plus size. And so 
a question and like a few questions for our people is coming to down to how important is weight in a relationship? Because I am a bigger girl. And so does being overweight mean that I am unhealthy? Uh, This person said, I had a personal trainer who said that he had several larger clients who were healthy and strong. They just weren't supermodel size or trim. And also another person commented, I felt that this was complimentary. There seems to be a lot of assumptions that if you weigh a certain amount, that you aren't healthy, that you aren't doing your best to be healthy, despite all these factors that people aren't considering, like stress and genetics and chronic illness and other obstacles that may make it harder to keep weight off. Um, And so I just like, how important is weight in a relationship and what is healthy really? (laughs) You know, like that, like both of those Um, things. I think the question is, why is weight considered a factor of a relationship? I think Mm -hmm. that's first and foremost the question. Um, Why are we allowing that to be a hindrance? It's because of societal pressure that we've been taught that beauty looks a certain way. Attractiveness looks a certain way. Why are we having those assumptions? Because our family dynamics and the ways that we've been conditioned in the home and the way our mother operated, you know, mm-hmm. um, and how sh- we've watched, you know, the women in our lives not fully show up as themselves yes. um, because there's always that language of like, oh, you're going to put on some weight, you know, like once you get married, you're going to put on that love, you're going to put on that weight and such and such and such. And it's so yep. like ridiculous. I think it again, I keep coming back to this is the more I was looking at the questions, I was just like, it just makes me sad and it's silly that we have to even have this conversation in the first place. Um, yeah. because at the end of the day, people should be seen and loved for who they are. Um, but there's this book, her name is Sonia Renee Taylor, and her book is called Um The Body Is Not an Apology, The Power yes. of Radical Self-Love. And she has this quote that says, Equally damaging is our insistence that all bodies should be healthy. Health is not a state we owe the world. We are not less valuable, worthy, or lovable because we are not healthy. Lastly, there is no standard of health that is achievable for all bodies. There is no standard of health that is achievable for all bodies. Healthy for me, Ari, is going to look very different for a healthy cat right? Like it's just, it's just the reality of this Mm -hmm. situation. And so I, and, and, and yoga has taught me a lot about that too. I'm like a shape in my body in this way looks very different than the shape in someone else's body. That shape, that, you know, that form looks different because I have titties because I have thighs. It's just like the reality (laughs) of the situation. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm like, that's just like, that's just how it is. And so I love that quote so much because one, we are saying that health looks one way that is not physically possible when we have body types ranging from zero to 30 to 40 plus like we, there is a like, beautiful um you know mosaic of how we've been individually created i also think that really limits the creation that we've been created to be at the same time we must have a very small minded not creative god if we think that we are all supposed to look a certain way that yeah. doesn't that limits 
who we are that limits how we're supposed to show up in this world. So first and foremost, healthy for you is going to look very different than healthy for somebody else. And that has always been a hard thing for me because most of my friends were always smaller, you know, where most of my friends had smaller bodies, but that's just, that is literally genetics, you know, like at the end of the day, that has very little to do with us. And obviously whatever healthy looks like for you, for me, healthy means I might have a cookie, but also I'm going to do some yoga in the morning, you know, like healthy for me. And I, yeah. I have a glass of wine, but also I'm going to go for a walk because I know exercise for me is not just a physical, um, you know, desire to look a certain way, but it's, it's grounding. Yes. Sorry. I'm like, I don't know if you can hear it. I don't know what he's doing. Um, no. Physical, um, you know, being doing exercise for me is grounding. I create better. I show up better. I sleep better. It's very little to do with trying to make sure I don't have a thigh gap. So you honestly, again, it comes down to you as an individual. And the fact that we are making this conversation of health and how health should look and should be as one certain way is extremely limiting and honestly not possible. It's not possible. It's not possible. But I feel like what happens is a lot of people, they'll say like, I don't really care on what, I don't care about their size. I just want them to be healthy. That's what you hear. And what are you saying? And what are you saying when we say that? And oftentimes we're saying, I want them to look like what I have been conditioned to think that healthy is supposed to look like. Exactly. So you have conditioning and you have supposed that we're pushing on people and that is, I mean, it's not realistic. I l- literally got in a debate. This was a long time ago with somebody I know who loves going to the gym. Like he's a guy. And I had posted about this. This is probably when I did the series on this like a year and a half ago. And he made some comments to me and he's like, well, I, you know, I go to the, I'm, I'm healthy and I would expect healthy out of my partner. And I'm like, we got in this whole debate. Cause I was like, yeah, but are you trying to project your version of healthy, which is going to the gym X amount of times, building this kind of muscle, doing all these things. That's your picture of quote unquote healthy. But what if healthy for the person you're dating is they go on a walk, they get enough sleep, they drink water. They sometimes, like you said, like sometimes they have a cookie, but they also eat foods that are good for their body. Like they're balanced. What is, and then Ariel, it's like the other thought of healthy, which I also get passionate about is like healthy. We relate as so much as like physical health, but there's also like emotional health, mental health, spiritual health, all of that, which like I would like my person that I'm with to, I don't care as much as like just the physical health, but like the emotional health, mental health to me is in good health is is the definition of healthy in good health. The second one is not diseased. (laughs) The second one is not diseased in good health, not diseased and indicative of a conducive to or promoting good health. Those are so broad and we have made it to be so specific, a certain size, a certain type of person. And it is just in good health without a disease. Yeah. And that's, I'm healthy. (laughs) I am so healthy. (laughs) Like, and I, and like you said, like it has, it's all of it. It's physical, mental, social, spiritual. Yeah. It is a whole rounded healthy. So you can be at the gym all you want to. Do you have daddy issues? Yeah. Do you have insecurities? 
Well, maybe you're a narcissist. You're, like, you're buff. That's cute. That's real good for you. Yeah. And do you know how to do you know how to cope? Can you, are you okay with crying sometimes? That's what I that's what I want to know. So it's just exactly. like that conversation is just so I want them to be healthy. Yeah. Well, that's gonna it's look like subjective. what that's gonna look like for them. It yes. might look a little different for you. And you have to be okay with that. Because yes. that's embracing the individual for fully and wholly who they are. Who they are. Exactly. So a lot of this brings up the next point in question is like a lot of people are saying well, how many do people get treated differently because of their weight, especially when it comes to dating, meaning like do they have less of a chance in dating? Because if we take it to the modern day scenario of today, you know, where the majority of people are meeting are in dating apps, like probably upwards of 40%, even more. I don't know a current stat today. I'm my guess is probably it's over 50% of meeting our people are meeting on dating apps. And so much of dating apps is driven also by here's the photo of me. And you know, you're swiping and that's the first thing you see. So it's very visual. I don't love that. I always, when I'm teaching and about dating online, I'm like, do not let that be your first reaction. Um, get curious, look at their photos, look at their prompts, like look at what their actual lifestyle is, like what they're about outside of just like what they look like. Yeah. Um, and, but that's, we're driven in the society currently, um, especially being more and more virtual by photos. And so, when we say health and healthy, people are going to look at somebody's photo and say to themselves, you know, whatever they like, this is either not healthy or healthy to me. Like it's there that in the moment thing, mm, not healthy, swipe left or, oh, might be healthy, swipe right. And so again, like we just said, very subjective based on the person. And so I think our community is like, do I just like, what do I do in this world of dating where people are eliminating me based on this without even getting curious about the person that I am. You can't do anything about those people at the end of the day. You can only, you can only do you <laughs> literally, you know? Yeah. Um, and so release that first and foremost, release that you have to change anybody's mind or force anyone to see you. That is exhausting and not your responsibility. Um, mm -hmm. And I think if I learned anything, it was, I I can't shrink anymore. I can't try and be someone I, I physically and mentally and spiritually cannot be. So that's on you, boo, to figure it out. And if you missed out on this, wow, I'm sad for you because I'm incredible. Right. And like, that's just something that you, yeah. you have to embody, like you have to. And because at the end of the day, you're not, you cannot change people's idea and you can't be like, Oh, wait, wait, come back. Like, no, see me, like, see me. I I'm, I'm this and I'm that. And I'm that. If they don't see it, oh, they're going to be the ones who come back right before you're about to get married and be like, you know, I really missed out. Yeah, you did. You really did miss out. It sucks. Yeah. You know, like, so sorry for you, you know, like, and so at the end of the day, it's please do not operate in a way where you're trying to convince people that you're lovable because you yeah. are lovable um, and you are worth loving and being loved. And it is not your responsibility to convince someone of that. I think I, I realized 
who my partner was and how much I felt so seen by him very instantly. Um, and I didn't have to explain. I didn't have to force. And it was the first time I didn't have to, you know, be like, well, I'm a lot or, um, you know, like, I, you know, I'm black, right. <laughs> you know, like I didn't have to do any of those things with him. And yeah. um, that was everything to me or, or even just going in to hug me. And he would instantly go for my hips or the places that I was so insecure about. And he was like, what are you talking about? I love this. Like this, <laughs> this is what I love. And it's just like being able to rework um, those things and, and so many years of of dating, of not being seen um, because of who I am and how how my body is and and not just being a bigger body, but being a bigger person, being a woman who knows who she is, who walks into a room confident and aware of where she stands, of where her voice is, that yes. is can be super inferior. And if we're really talking about this, we are often talking about it has nothing to do with your body probably a lot of times and it has everything to do with yeah. men are afraid of women who are confident and know themselves better than they know themselves and that is yeah. just a reality of the situ a lot of situation i've had many a date where i've watched guys go insecure at how many people would come up to us when we're on our date or how many things and then it was just like his exit text to me was literally like I'm not into online dating, even though we met each other at church, but whatever. Um, and he was like, and I hope I can be as famous as you one day. That's how he ended it. And I'm like, oh, you're insecure. This has oh nothing to do with me. So being <laughs> able to like say that about ourselves and to rework that narrative of like, I am not convincing or forcing anyone to see me or to know me or to love me. That is not my responsibility. Yeah. My job is to be loved exactly and fully and solely for who I am um and yeah and if it just is coming down to this physical aspect we're missing out on so many different people you know like yes. when I was dating I I I you know I went out with short dudes I went out with guys who I'm That's like right. this is probably not gonna work <laughs> but some of the best dates like date ideas and date experiences I had while dating was with a dude was like I literally his middle name was Dolph and I said dwarf and he said Haha, no but that would be so funny right so I'm like I literally had a full-on Freudian stuff he was so tiny but so sweet and had great dates and that is obviously like initially I'm 5'8 I have no business going out <laughs> with a dude who's 5'3 but I didn't want to miss out on an opportunity yeah. to get to know someone who asked great questions who 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 saw me fully and was not afraid mm. of my 5'8 hip 554 inch hip self you know and yeah. so I I genuinely appreciated those experiences and how silly would it have been to miss out on a really great day just because he was short. Like when we actually talk about what we're, why well, I didn't want to go out with her because she, her hips were too big. Do you know how amazing that is? Like you, you want hips. Like, I don't think you're realizing what you actually want. And so, um, yeah, I just, I think at the end of the day, it's, you don't have to convince anyone to love you. And if they're swiping, what's the way not to swipe? Left, left. If they're swiping left, let them swipe left, boo. That's not on you. 
I, and I love that you just said like too that you just were like I'm so open like I'm so open a big thing everyone listening knows I'm all about this if I wasn't open I would have never married my husband because he's five and a half years younger than me I always thought that was super weird because my brother's younger than me and I never I always thought like younger guys especially in their mid-20s were like super immature because I'm not 40 dating a guy five and a half years younger. It was like he was mid 20s when we met. And I was like, ooh, like that's really young. That's pushing like, you know, Gen Z, like he's a zillennial. And I was like, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're on TikTok a lot. You're doing Snapchat. Like, I don't understand, you know? And for me, it was like, oh, that's weird. Or also he had blue hair. His style was super different. He was kind of funky, not something I was quote unquote into at first, but I'm like, I'm going to give it a shot. We'll see what happens. Like, I don't know. And here I am married to the guy that I thought I would not even really be interested in. I love it. Just because I'm like, you never know. Truly. You never know. I always – it's like date the unexpected is my thing that I've been saying lately. Like date the unexpected. Be open. So for those listening, I think – If you're listening to this and you have been a person that just consistently, if you're being honest with yourself, you're on a dating app or in person, you eliminate people off the bat by weight because you're like, ooh, they can't be healthy or they don't fit my standard of quote unquote healthy. I would love to challenge you on what it looks like to lead with curiosity instead of criticism or critique or judgment. Like, what does it look like to be curious? Yeah. If they have a dating profile that and they look like they have cool hobbies and their prompts like are things that really stand out to you, why would you eliminate them just based on that? That Like, you yeah. are missing out on so many potentially amazing people. So this is just that side note for the person who's listening and who does that, you know, like, who's yeah. like, who feels justified that I am not going to say yes to people because I need somebody with my standard of healthy, yeah. you know? Yeah, because you want to date a person, not a body. Like yeah, you, you want to date a, a person who has nuance and interests and, and goals and, and, and dreams and excitements and fears and, and griefs and losses. You don't want to date just a body. Like that's not what you're doing. And so, um, look for attributes of the person, you know, look for the fruits of who they are. Um, and oftentimes that is way more beautiful than, you know, their exterior a lot of times, or it's the opposite. And that's when you run, you know? So, um, yeah, I think it's that. And it's also like, don't miss out on your blessings. And your blessings might look a different way than you think they're going to look. A, oh my gosh, exactly. So this is tying in exactly to what we're saying right now. This is a little, woo, but we're going to go there. So this is from a man in our community. So it's kind of long, but I'm going to read it. He said, ideally, I wouldn't like to take on a liability on my life. I've had loved ones who've been ignorant with their health and died young. I take good care of my body and I would expect my significant other to do so, to prioritize health through exercise and good nutrition. I wouldn't expect more than than what I am though. Granted, being a bodybuilder and 5% body fat is not what being healthy means in my book. If your blood work is on a normal levels, that's good enough, smiley face. On the other hand, you can't control genetic diseases. And I understand that. But what is the person doing? about that. So basically, long story short, you know, there's a lot of people listening and uh, the other side of this equation was a lot of people commenting on where is their balance for a room for a preference versus a deal breaker. 
And is there room for that? And what does that look like? And so I think that comment um, represents that that a lot of people do feel that way because of things they've seen and experienced. So I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think also when we say preference, it's built off of bias and we have to be careful with that. Um because you're still saying, and then also, I think my first thing is when I read that, you know, comment is um, how much fear is in there, how much fear around loss, um, how much fear um, and grief there is in that statement. And that's in, first and foremost, what I heard before everything else, you know, like, oh, you're, you're scared to lose someone. That's what loving is, though, no matter what the body type is. And like we said, what the definition of is of in good health is, is without disease in good health is without disease and and life happens and we cannot help the diseases that come up. And some of them we can some of them we can be proactive, but like the human experience is also to pass. And if we, if, and, and how that happens, we don't know, you know? And so, um, I think even in that statement, I liked that he kind of backtracked, you know, and, and, and said, obviously I'm not expecting them to be a bodybuilder. If that doesn't, if that doesn't work for them, I'm just hoping, (laughs) I'm just hoping your blood work is good. Um, again, also very based off of genetics and body type, you know, so that, I mean, a, a lot of our, mentality around what is healthy what is not what is attractive and what is not stems from a very honestly racist viewpoint and that's just we have to get there first um and undo that constantly um so when we're saying those preferences biases you know like um things deal breakers non-deal breakers attractive not attractive healthy not healthy are we first doing the work to undo systemic injustice mindsets that we just have as a society um and i think that is something to acknowledge first and foremost um and and the other end of that is 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 the fetish aspect of it you know from whatever regard you're sitting from so you're allowed to have a preference as long as it is not rooted in bias. You are allowed to have a deal breaker. If that deal breaker comes down to I am not being seen or honored as the whole and divine person that I am. When yes. like we have to reframe why we're saying these things in the first place. Is it just because we have this very pr- p- like pretty picture that we're trying to fit people within? gotta break that down boo like first and foremost i think before we're out here swiping left and right i hope we're at therapy you know like that is that's let's just start there you know and like let's start let's start there so um i think he i think you're allowed to have preference i think you're allowed to have things that you would like to see in a human being we just have to make sure that we're doing the work that they're not rooted in bias that they're not rooted in a mindset that people are less than um and that it's not coming from a fear-based place because if those are the cases then we have other work to do and we shouldn't be dating in the first place Ooh, you said it girl you said it (laughs) but i love it thank you for saying it no it's so good and it's like i do think and 
like we do need to look at our preferences. I'm saying that because I used to be somebody that had so many preferences. I held them so tightly and it was like, you know, especially my least favorite thing, but I'm guilty of saying it all the time in the past is just he's not my type. He's not my type. He's not my type. But if I was being really honest about why that person was not my type, it had everything to do with my preferences. A lot of them very superficial. Um, things that really didn't matter. Like I wanted him to be a tattooed musician. Like that was like uh, of a certain height, you know, like that was what I wanted. Like, and I'm like, oh, you know, so it had nothing to do with character, um, the heart of the person, like who they really were. It had like, I could definitely say not my type to a guy who's very narcissistic. Okay. I would definitely be like, yeah, based on my history and my past, not my person, not a good dateable person. But that's there. I wasn't saying that. I was saying that based on people that I was like, that doesn't look like somebody I would date. I mean, JJ was not my type. He right. definitely like, just was not my right. quote unquote type yeah. for somebody for, of of my preferences. But some of my preferences again were rooted in these more superficial things. Of my pre- a preference was I had a, is that I was super open handed about. It. I was like I would love if they love Disney because I love Disney. <laughs> Do they yeah. need to love Disney so that we go together every single week for me to be in a marriage with them? No, that's no, just yeah. that would be a fun thing to have. Like I love I would love to have that. Yeah, know? and you're allowed to you're allowed to want. I don't ever want to create language where like you're allowed to desire. You're allowed to want something. You know, and um, those are very valid things. Like I, I think the Disney thing is so funny because I'm like, I love a musical. I love a theater moment. My husband could care less, but he loves me. So he's going to enjoy it. He's going to give his feedback. He's going to be in it, you know, but I'm not going to drag him to something every week. That's a yeah. musical or watch a movie because I know that's not where he loves and thrives, but I know that he's doing it because he loves me, you know? And so um, I think you're allowed to, you're allowed to want you're allowed to have you know desires and and longings and things like that but I think it's just getting careful with our preferences and and our types and what when what we're actually saying when we say those things um and that we're doing the work to be able to peel back those layers and decipher what we're actually saying versus what we think we're saying I think and you know what you said is so important because uh, I use that example a lot with my husband loving football because I'm not – I could care less about sports. Like literally didn't – one of my preferences was a guy who didn't like sports. And I just happened to be with a guy who loves sports more than anybody that I've ever met. And I like literally sports obsessed. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've watched more football in my life in the last year and a half, two years than ever, ever, ever. And so – but the the reality is when it comes to this conversation, I hear so many people, they are very, very adamant that I want somebody with the same health lifestyle. I go hiking every weekend. I need them to go hiking every weekend. I do this every week. I need them. I, I eat this exact kind of food. I've like, I'm a vegetarian. I need them to be a vegetarian sure. for me to consider them. Like sure. these very specific lifestyle things. Specific or rigidity um, and and or again, fear. What happens when you don't have those things? What happens when your life doesn't look like that? Let's talk about that first and foremost. Yeah. Um, I will n- probably never kayak in my life. 
my husband loves kayaking. I did it once. I almost peed my pants and I cried the whole time. And we have not done it again. And that is just, but he loves the outdoors. He loves camping. He loves, and he got the bougiest, most suburban individual he probably could have gotten for a wife. And that is not stopping us from living fully. I will try things. I will go a camping, you know, like I will have the moment, you know, but that's growth and that's challenging. And so where is there room for growth for challenge in, in that it has to be like this. It has to look like this. That's just, again, that is building a life off Mm -hmm. of fear. And so the question I would ask them is what happens when your life doesn't look like that? Let's talk about that versus let's talk about this long list of what things have to look like. Yeah. What a good question to think about. What does my life look like without that? What does it look like when I have, and what about that makes me so scared? What about, what, what is that bringing up for me? Um, is that fear, you know, is that losing my family because none of them really took care of their bodies? Is that, um, feeling like I was the only one trying to keep everyone together? Like, let's dive in, let's figure out what's actually happening there. Um, cause I guarantee you, it's probably not what you're saying on the surface. I think it's a lot deeper than that. And that, so let's talk about that, you know? Um, Yeah. Okay, I want to end our conversation just doing a little bit more digging on body image, self-esteem, confidence, and how that does affect how we're showing up in our dating lives. Because we've been kind of talking about it, but like our own perception of our physical appearance definitely affects our mentality and how we're willing to put ourselves out in the world. If I have the mentality of, this guy isn't ever going to like me, so why even put myself out there? Um, it will probably either you won't do that or you will. And he and if he's not into you, it will just confirm and be a self-fulfilling prophecy like, see, no guys like girls like me. Mm-hmm. I often encourage women and guys alike to drop the hanky, meaning like just DM someone, put yourself out there, like drop the hanky. And I've had women say, you know, Kate, I would – And there's guys that I would, but then on Instagram, if all they can see is just this little picture or this picture, like I'm, I, I stop myself because I think if that's all he's going to see of me, he's not going to even respond. And so I just don't even put myself in the game. But I, I really believe that, you know, if we don't really love ourselves, how can anybody else? If we, if we, if I don't approve of me, it doesn't really matter who else likes or approves of us. And so we're looking for love. It's like that whole slogan. We're looking for love, love in the wrong places. Um, so I'm just curious if this is something you've seen, if that you've ever experienced this and whatever, anything you'd recommend for women that are experiencing this or guys, because we have the men yeah. listening too, that this is contributing to self-limiting narratives within their right. dating life. I mean, you, you already said it, you self-love is a guidebook. You write it. And that book is then passed on to the people who love you then, but they already know how to go about doing that because they watch you love yourself first and foremost, you know, they watch you show up 
confidently in who you are um and and what you do in your in your body and how you physically show up and that that doesn't mean always I definitely have moments where I'm like oh I literally I think I I said one day with John I was like no I don't want to I feel like a whale and he literally was like do not ever say anything like that about yourself please ever again and it was just like so gentle but also so stern he was just like no like I think you're the most beautiful woman in the world and like and and sometimes I feel like that and sometimes I really don't and so he's such a beautiful reminder um sometimes but honestly at the you have to you have to see and know yourself first and foremost. And if you're not feeling good about yourself, then how in the world are people going to be able to look at you and feel good about you too? And I always say like, you feel it first. Like it's the same with putting on clothes. I'm like, do you feel like you look good? Then you look good. It doesn't matter what everyone else is going to say. Do you feel good? Do you think you look good? Point like the end, you know? And so that self-love comes and starts there. But if you're having those insecurities about the about that, it's obviously going to bleed out, you know, it's going to be, you know, reflective. And so, um, I DM'd my husband first. And at first I thought I was being really professional about it. And then I turned into not professional very quickly, you know, but I, I messaged him first and, um, I don't regret doing that. I don't regret putting myself out there, but I also was at a point when we were starting to date where I knew myself, I knew what I wasn't going to tolerate. I knew what I did not want. And I knew how I wanted to be loved. And, and that is the work we need to do first and foremost, all this other stuff about like, is he going to like me? Is he going to, do you like you start there? Don't get off the apps. If you cannot answer that question for yourself, do that work first, go the whole like cheesy, like go date yourself. Uh, but like genuinely, like be with yourself, Um, you know, know yourself first and foremost. That's the dating work you need to do before you get into a relationship with someone yes. else. Um, Because then it's just going to turn into really codependent, really messy, constantly seeking validation from the other person because you're trying to fill a void that honestly only you can fill first. Yeah. Um, And so really doing that work is, is so, so, so important. Um, Knowing and loving yourself is, is how we get to the point where we can be known and be loved by other people. And something I have found to complement what you just said is energetically even. If we are coming to a scenario, there's a guy in the room um, and I'm like, he's cute. I'm going to put myself out there. But if if my mentality is, oh, I don't think he's going to like me. I'm going to do this, but right. I'm going to try to do this, but I right. don't think he's going to like me anyway, but okay, I'm going to do it. If we do that, and we, but our energy is already like negative. Our energy is, yeah. it's, it's fear-based. And also we're trying to prove. It's like a proving energy. Like, will you like me? Do you like this? Yeah. How can I make you like me? They yeah. energetically can feel that. They can feel that proving energy or that please, please, please like me, choose me, want me, because then I won't have to face the fact that I I inside don't feel worthy and don't feel beautiful. And we're looking to that person to fill that void. And then it does actually end up, usually most people can pick up on it, even if they can't put their finger on it, they can pick up energetically on it and they're not into it. And sometimes it has nothing to do with how you like physically look you or anything it's just because you were so insecure and that was very felt 
Yes. Or it was, and so I think a lot of times, yeah, like you're saying, it has nothing, it's not about the body. It's just you're constantly hiding in your pictures. It's like you are always looking down. It's that, it's so many other things. Yep. It's like you're constantly covering yourself, or you're doing the extreme of like you use your physical as your only source of depth and awareness. So you are posing in that bikini because yeah. that is all that you know you have versus all the right, other aspects right. of what it means to be human so both sides of it is like are you sure it's down to like well guys just don't like me because my body or is it because like you don't know who you are and that's very palpable and that's yeah. very seen and nobody wants to date a person who doesn't know who they are and that doesn't mean that it's not going to change that doesn't mean it's not going to grow because we are constantly changing but both john and i we always say like we were just at a point in our lives when we met when we were like this is this is it this is me he literally showed up in a pink shirt a beanie shorts where i could see all his tattoos and just looking like a little scaredy little mouse and i was like yes sign me up but he was like i was just at a point where i was just like i'm just going to be me and if she this in my like you know extreme meanness is not accepted then then that's it and it, and it was the opposite for me i was like absolutely sign me up for all of it you know exactly. and i was the same way and so you have to be at a point where where you do know yourself and if you're not confident then that's going to show if if you're insecure that's going to show um and oftentimes it probably has nothing to do you feel good in your bigger body do you feel good in your smaller body do you feel good in your in-between body do you feel good in your body is is what it comes down to and again swiping left if they're swiping left you swipe left it, like it it just that's not for you to prove that you're worth loving and your present self. But first and foremost, you also need to know that you're worth loving. Yes. It's so important. Man, girl, I love you. I love this conversation. I'm just like, I feel alive. I feel so amazing just even talking about this. It's such good reminders, you know, and, and such a powerful conversation. I mean, even for me, I mean, it's such a good reminder because like I have struggled so much with body image. I've had chronic illness. I've suffered from depression and different things that have just really changed my body throughout the years. And, you know, the work I, I the way I know this is also especially true is that even being engaged to JJ right before we got married, I was struggling so much with body image and just had so much stress on myself about the wedding. It's just a horrible time sometimes with women, I feel like, and expectations. And I was working through that. And he would tell me, like, he's never once made me feel any sort of insecure about my body, ever. I've always felt fully myself, fully safe, the most beautiful woman on the planet. But what I realized is like he was sitting there telling me, you are the most beautiful. I love everything about your body. I love everything about how you look. And it did not matter because it was a me thing. It had nothing to do with anything he said, how he saw me. It was everything to do with how I saw me, what yeah. I thought of me. And I was like, this is a me thing. So like, I was like, thank you for saying that. But this, I need to figure this out. This right. is my thing to figure out and take ownership of. And that's why this doesn't just stop in singleness and dating. It's like a constant battle, but yeah. something that we ideally you would start working on now and yeah. figuring out now and owning now and healing now. Because the best part about that situation was even though it was hard, I was like, I have the tools. Okay, I can I know what to do to try to deal with this right now because I've done this battle before. 
And so it's just so, so, so important. Okay. So Ariel, I love you. This is so powerful. Um, I can't wait for your book to come out March 7th. You. March 7th. The unfolding. So yes. good. I'm just so, so tell us also, of course, where they can connect with you and all yeah. those wonderful details. What you yeah. Have going on. <laughs> um, everything is my name, Arielle with two L's and an E, Astoria with an E, E-S-T-O-R-I-A. Um, you can find me on Instagram, website, all that fun stuff on Spotify as well for, you know, some poetry yeah. and music. Um, and, but my website will be your one-stop shop for all my book links um, to pre-order as well. And also my other two poetry books if you if you are into poetry like that um as well as my spotify links i have some merch um that reminds me reminds you that you're magic so if you want a mug or a cute hoodie you can find those on my website as well and then um to chat with me you can find me on instagram at ariel astoria I love it, girl. Thank you so much for just sharing. This like really felt just like we were having a conversation and it was so good. You were so amazing at interviews. Like I just love, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm like, these are my favorite kinds of conversations where I'm just like, I'm not p- pulling teeth to have it. And we're like, oh, it's so good. So I hope you guys listening enjoyed it as much as I did. But Aria, I love you, girl. Thank you so much. So much. Thanks for having me. <laughs> The Heart of Dating podcast is created by Kate Warman. It is a part of the Converge podcast network. Our incredible editor is the one and only Scott Caro. Our theme music was developed by the amazing Christian Ledoux. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, or if you've never written us a review or ranked us on iTunes, we'd encourage you to do so because it helps us so much to get this podcast into more people's ears. We launch our podcast each and every week on Wednesday. So we'll see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.